This podcast is brought to you by smallbusinesstogrow.com, the website by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Why reinvent the wheel? Start growing your business with best practices from industry-leading small business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs. Take their wheel, put it to work in your business, and start growing today. Smallbusinesstogrow.com to learn more. Cold traffic to scale and grow your business. And what do we mean by cold? We don't mean the weather and we don't mean traffic on the expressway or the highway in rush hour. What we are talking about is leads prospects that you can convert in your business to paying customers. Why does this matter? Quite simply because of the money. A lot of people aren't comfortable with the idea of money, but at the end of the day, cash money is the ultimate scoreboard that determines whether or not you're going to be successful in business. It allows you to pay your rent. It allows you to pay your bills. It allows you to pay your employees and hopefully pay yourself. Like one of our clients, owner of a nine figure business says, our greatest problem and opportunity is traffic. And that traffic again, represents new customers. And for many It also represents blue ocean and an opportunity to do some of the things that your competitors can't do or outright refuse to do because they're not comfortable doing it. And we brought on today a co-panelist, Rich Brecklin, who is in the real estate business, left a cushy job, government job with benefits, a pension, a guaranteed paycheck to get into the real estate game. And we invited Rich to join us for this because he's been successful. So, Rich, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, uh, Rich Brecklin, originally from Central Illinois. We uh, moved to Arizona in 2021, was in law enforcement for 13 years. Some of those days were cushy, but uh, yeah, it was was a different type of risk, but the risk was never with money. Um, You know, I knew how hard I worked or did not work. That I would get paid every two weeks. I had, you know, scheduled time off. So that was definitely some some perks of that. But uh, yeah, I got into real estate kind of by mistake and uh, just kind of dabbled. And then I started taking it serious. And then I started making more money uh, in my part-time job than I was doing in my full-time job. So then we made the decision to, to go all in. And when you look at the going all in, when you look at the fact that you, you had a, a job a government job in law enforcement, you left that to do something completely new. You really didn't have any classic or formal education and training on, which was real estate. And one of the things that you've done to allow yourself to grow and be successful was kind of that, that cold outreach. And, you know, there's an image of a telephone on the screen for you young folks. uh, This is what phones looked like 30, 40 years ago. And you basically put the phone to use. So walk us through a little bit of what what you do and have done to be successful in real estate in regards to cold traffic and taking advantage of the telephone. Yeah, I mean, when I made this decision to start taking it serious, I really didn't know what that meant as far as like, how do I get business? Do I make, I I really just, I had no clue. But then I'd heard like, oh, you can call for sale by owners and you know, expired listings, home people whose homes did not sell. So I remember the, the first time, you know, I printed, I didn't know anything about dialers or like software to get the data. I just went on Zillow 
and I found six for sale by owners. And I, I printed out their the listing that they had on Zillow, had their phone numbers. And I remember I made my wife and daughter get out of the house and I sat there and uh, I'm like, all right, I wasn't sure what I was going to do or say. And I was so nervous, not that I get yelled at or rejected. I was like, nervous they'd say yes. So I, it took me an hour to make six phone calls and not one person answered. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is not, I get it together. And then over time, I just, like, you know, I'm just going to call who cares what happens. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Nothing. Like the best that could happen is I get business. And the first for civil owner I listed was uh, a doctor and his home was, you know, three times the median average of our area. And we had a great relationship listed, sold it. Like, this is great. And, you know, when I was calling and I was still a detective, I worked second shift. So I was like, all right, what is the best use of my time? Um, and that was for sellers because I didn't have time to go show houses. My clients didn't know I was uh, a cop. So I was like, all right, I'll work with sellers. That way I don't have to, you know, it takes more of your money to market, but not more of your time. And so that's what I spent my day prospecting on was sellers. And uh, so I'd get on the phones and see how I could help them, see what their problem was. And, uh, you know, I'd solve the problem. So the the telephone and being willing to acquire a list or build your own list and enrich at this point in time, you've, you've been in real estate a couple of years and you've probably moved past building your own list off of Zillow and, and now you're buying a list. But at the end of the day, you're, you're putting together a targeted group of individuals and you're quite literally reaching out to them by telephone. Yeah. And I don't even call it like people call it cold calling. Um, I do it, call it, you know, highly probable seller prospecting. So I'm not just randomly dialing numbers, which I know, like I've spoke to someone who's done that and they make literally millions of dollars a year. That's how they started in the business. They had two phones in each hand or phone in each hand and they would just go through a random list or random dials. I'm like, that's crazy. Um, so I'm, yeah, selecting who I want to call. If it's for sale by owners, expired listings, those are, you know, hand raisers. Or maybe I'm calling, you know, absentee owners, people who live a home or own a home. They don't live in it. They live out of state and they've had it for five or 10 years, depending on what my target is. And, uh, you know, reach out and again, just see how I can help them and see uh, if we're to work together. So it, it is a targeted list. So for anybody that's checking this out and joining us today, you, you probably don't want to open the proverbial phone book, start with the letter A and just start making phone calls, whatever your niche Whatever, whatever your target audience is, ideally you'll have a list that checks most of the boxes for that niche or target audience. And again, it represents blue ocean, meaning you're not going to have a lot of other people doing it. And if you heard what Rich said, one hour to make six phone calls and nobody answered. And that kind of that pain, anguish, I'm guessing a bit of a pit in your stomach that was keeping you from making those phone calls is why it took you an hour to reach out to six people. Correct. Yeah. And it's, you know, that call reluctance, I think is normal. Um, even when you take a break from it, get back, but once you just get in that habit, um, just like, you know, running, for example, no one likes to run at first, but then once you do it a day, two days, three days, it's like, all right, this is, you know, what was, you know, that first hundred yards is hard at first, the first day, but after, you know, a month of it, that's no longer even an issue. And it in in there again, that call reluctance is the what creates the blue ocean and it gives you an opportunity to do things your competitors are not doing. Uh the next thing is is direct mail. 
and sending, I, I'm a big proponent. I tell my clients to do this hand addressed envelopes, letters, seasonal postage stamps, if you can. And the reason is not a lot of people are going to take the time to hand address an envelope and send it out. When we owned one of our brick and mortar businesses once or twice a year, we would do this for a thousand existing customers. So a thousand envelopes would be hand addressed. I didn't like it. My staff didn't like it, but it was effective and none of our competitors in the marketplace would do it. So it was again, blue ocean opportunity for us to do things others wouldn't do or couldn't do. And Rich, you're using some some old school snail mail as well, correct? I am because, uh, you know, I understand, especially with technologies, uh, getting answers on telephone is, you know, maybe you, there's days I get like a two or 3% answer rate. And, uh, you know, when you spend an hour or two calling, that does not always lead the, to uh, results. So like, all right, well, I don't want to overlook them. How else can I get in front of them and uh, make contact with these, these people? And, and that fits into almost a, a marketing strategy, an advertising strategy, or or even a direct mail campaign where you, you have a plan. And we, we talked before we on air, you have a system where every three weeks you're sending a letter to a certain group of, of targeted individuals, right? Yeah. And it's something I, uh, my mentor shared with me back in 2017 or 2018. And again, I was working... A, at the PD and I did it day one and my wife's like, I can do this for you. So I let her handle it. But um, yes, yeah, so all, you know, this expired group, I would just send a letter to, and we would write everything down, have a system for it and a process. And if anything, we we're just consistent with it. And I knew other people who have tried it and they'd reach out like, Oh, they'd ask me all these questions. And I said, like, well, how's it going for you? Like, Oh, I only did it a month, like a month. Like, Literally, there's been several people I've sent letters to every three weeks, the three years. And it was finally, you know, after that long that they reached out and called me. And uh, I think them just seeing the consistency and no one else is reaching out to them anymore. A lot of businesses, regardless of industry, you have to do something to bring new bit new business into your organization. You have to do something to bring traffic in. And that's why, you know, cold traffic, it is often a long game, but it's one that the longer you do it, it turns into every month, maybe from the work you did a year ago, it starts producing fruit. Yeah. And a lot of, especially with real estate, you know, what you do today, you may not see a benefit from for, you know, on the soonest 90 days. Um, but if way. you didn't do it today, 90 days from right. now, you don't have a new customer. Yep. Yeah, Exactly. And for those out there that don't have a, a huge social media following, whether it's subscribers to their YouTube channel in the tens of thousands or tens of thousands of real followers on Instagram or, or TikTok, you, you, people aren't just going to show up at your doorstep looking to spend money with you. They have no idea who you are. So you've got to plant those seeds today so that you have something to harvest in 90 days. You have to find a way to get out there and get traffic to show up. Another another way to do that is going to be using those social media platforms. And, and even if it's just commenting, interacting with, and even direct messaging people that are, are going to be in that niche 
target audience. Are you, are you doing any of that from a real estate standpoint, Rich? Yeah. So that's my, like my main focus, um, especially going to an area where I know no one it's been prospecting and content. Um, I mean, five of the homes I've under contract now, three are from my YouTube channel or YouTube leads. So I have, uh, you know, with YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook are my main channels, main sources. And then what I'm targeting and, and posting. And I mean, because say someone gets one of these letters or whoever, most people are going to like say, oh, who is this guy? And do a, a search and see what they can find. I know that's what I do. And uh, and I want to direct people to my Instagram to see, one, if we connect. You know, a lot of times I want to do business with people, you know, like-minded people. Um, and then when they see me on social, they can see who I am, you know, a father, husband, you know, what I'm like. And then that will hopefully either make them comfortable enough to call me like, yeah, I like this guy. Or they realize, you know, we're not going to be a fit and they don't call, which is fine as well. And that, you know, looking at a, a strategy for driving traffic to your business, whether it's cold or otherwise, it, it really is a multi-faceted approach where, you know, Rich has been successful moving from uh, a government job as an emergency responder working in law enforcement to doing 10 million plus in real estate transactions in, in a couple years. And, you know, Rich's path to get there applies for any business, doing the phone work to the targeted list, sending letters, having an actual direct mail campaign that might include things like postcards and things of that nature. And then also taking advantage of the tools we, we get really for free from social media, whether it's outreach by sharing content on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all, all of those. And then also the direct messaging. Yeah. And the direct messaging has been really powerful. I know like myself as a consumer, um, when I've gotten a direct message from the owner, whoever, like, wow, that's pretty, pretty special. And especially with voice message now through Instagram, it's, you know, I think it's really powerful. So I pay attention to who is following me on, especially Instagram, um, you know, who is showing up my stories that I see as viewing them, who's liking different posts. And I'll reach out directly. I'm like, Hey, thanks for following along. And just curious, how did you come across my page? And almost always it's from YouTube because I try and direct people from YouTube to Instagram again, to see, to build that connection. And then they go in, yeah, we love your channel. We're moving to Arizona. We want to connect with you. And then we go from there. So it's been really awesome to, to kind of pay attention that way and to see, and, you know, it's not. And I think the take home point for most people is really you should be, you know, in, unless you have a very significant following already, and you're, you're very established, you really need to take advantage of every avenue you can to drive traffic to your business. And Rich, is, you know, Rich did it in Illinois, moving from a career of 13 years to something brand new real estate. Now he's doing it again, moving from the state of Illinois to Arizona, and he's had to start over. And if you look at the steps he took in Illinois, it was successful. You look at the steps... He's taken to kind of reinvent his business in Arizona. It's proving to be once again successful. Yeah. And that was honestly a mistake I made when I got here is, you know, obviously we moved when the market was insane. There, I don't want to blame things on the market, but, you know, my tactics were I'm going to attract business, not chase. Okay. That's great when you bring in these buyers, but there's only 2,500 single family homes for sale. There's 80,000 realtors. 
Um, it's not the best to have these buyers lined up when you, if you had a listing, everything was selling. I mean, I sold a POS <laughs> in a bad neighborhood with 15 offers. Um, so why would I, why would I target buyers in that market? But that's what I did. So thankfully I, I woke up, it's like, all right, let's target sellers and let's go back to what I know. And, you know, it took a little longer than it should have. Um, but yeah, now I'm just back and to I, what I think doing. removing the market as a variable, when you look at in Illinois and the success you had, you had spent three years establishing establishing yourself and you did have somewhat, the market was somewhat aware of you. So regardless of a great selling, buying home market, great interest rate market or whatever, but you, you did spend three years becoming a, a somebody in that market. And then when you moved, yes, the market has changed. But at the same time, you kind of had to start over because you weren't known in that in the Arizona, in the state of Arizona. Yeah, that's one thing I kind of just I didn't even put, you know, think about when I when I'm still going through it. You know, in Illinois, even though a lot of my business wasn't from my sphere to start, they saw it, their friends saw it, friends of friends saw it. And then I think like my last year in like just in Illinois, I was like the number two single agent in the the MLS. I'm not sure exactly, but I know I was up there, um, you know, selling over 50 homes a year by myself. So yeah, just, all right. It might take, a, it's not gonna be an overnight thing going to a new market where there are a ton of agents. It's going to have to, it might just take some, some time. Just It'll like with, take time. And, and you really, you can't skip the steps that you followed to be successful in your prior market. Yeah. I mean, just everything kind of relates also back to like training. Like, yeah, we all want to be certain, you know, progress in our training to trip whatever fat loss but it's not an overnight thing it's you know just it's win time the day. And you in the steps and that in in along with that a lot of industries are established and i think you'd said you make you have made as many as like 300 calls a day right yes and that's again blue ocean how many realtors are most of us going to talk to that have ever made 300 phone calls in one day um, I could probably count on one finger how many, and, and that's one person, and that's rich. And and I know other business owners, they, they'll they say, you know, our staff in sales needs to make 80 to 100 calls per day or they won't be successful. Um, I know some entrepreneurs that what what they sell and what they do, they, they know it, at the low end, it's like 70 calls a day. Or they're not gonna they're not gonna make any money, and it's not that it's all about money, but that that ends up being the scoreboard to which we're all measured. And I know even for me, back in my past life when I was doing sales, I scaled a a database of of targeted industry specific contacts from a few hundred to a few thousand, and that's what it took to actually start growing our business and seeing the opportunity to quote new business come in. Yeah, the, it's just uh, putting in the work. The numbers, yeah, and the, the numbers are there regardless of industry. And and again, it, it ends up being that blue ocean because you're going to be the only one doing it. And in, in back to you, unless you have a huge following already, and even a lot of those folks should be doing this. If you don't have a large following, you got to start somewhere. And the least expensive way to start driving traffic to your business is cold outreach. You can do paid ads, which we're not going to cover in this today, but 
the problem is for a lot of people just getting started, they really don't have the ad budget to do ads at a great enough scale to produce results. Yeah, it's, it was the cheapest way for me. So I just looked now just from one of my the dialer platforms I've used, and I've used several, but from over the last few years, I've made 22,957 dials and had 662 contacts, which is 7% answer rate. 7% of the people have actually answered. And then that that's just picked up. And then if we drill down to how many a real estate deal, whether you sat on the seller side or the buyer side, that number gets smaller. And then we look at how many of them actually closed even right. smaller still. So again, it's a, it's a numbers game and you, you have to allow time and do the work, put in the effort to actually get enough of the numbers. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm going to check um, while well, I got this up now, cause now I'm interested, like, all right, how many dials I make from, you know, 2017 through 20, you know, 21 and I think that's honestly where the majority of my my work came from. So before we moved in July, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, suffice to say, you had to do the legwork, you had to put in the time, make the calls, and you had to have have the numbers to get to the closed deals. Yep, and that exactly. there's no skipping that. And one of the things that that we try and teach everybody is once you've done these things, you should be building your own database. Yeah. And a it, lot of these people that I would call, like, it was never just like a one and done for me. We would build these relationships and they refer, they're still, we just closed one back in Illinois from someone, you know, to start as cold traffic for sale by owner that's referred us to multiple people. Um, another one was expired for sale by owner. I've done four deals with them. So it's not just, you know, burning it and calling it a day, but the goal is to not, you know, to build this business. Maybe that's how you get your database, but not to call the rest of your life, <laughs> you know, and you can scale it. You can hire, you know, people to call for you and everything. But, you know, I made less, you know, less of my business came from uh, people who didn't know me as my business grew. We try and get people to understand everybody likes to buy from their friends. You know, everybody likes to say, hey, I know a guy or hey, I know a girl that does that. Let me put you in touch with them. And we feel more comfortable when someone refers me, oh, hey, he knows this guy named Rich. Rich can sell it. Okay, I'll go talk to Rich instead of being sold. But nobody likes to be sold. And if you do things right, you kind of build your own database of contact, contacts. And long term, it will start to feed itself without you having to make all of the calls. But for those getting started, the least expensive thing you can do to get traffic to your business is that cold outreach, phone, letter, postcard, direct message, engage on social media and put content on social media. And we tell everybody, take your list offline. You don't own Meta, so Instagram, Facebook. You don't own Google, YouTube. You don't own TikTok. So your little ecosystem of contacts, leads, prospects, and customers you should be taking offline and building a database that you can go back and reference. You know, we have, we have a, a client that they, they sell financing. And that's one of the things that we've, we've tried to do with them is, is get people in the habit of, they know what the 
refinance or future need of finances. And it's like, just make it so that the database tells you, Hey, it's time to follow up with these people. They'll be looking to borrow money again. Yeah. I mean, my Illinois database have 5,042 people in there and Arizona has a little over 1100. Um, now a lot of those came from, you know, Facebook ads, Google ads, that kind of thing. But again, all I need is their, their contact info and they see my stuff enough and then they'll reach out. And that see, see your stuff enough, you know, the old school marketing advertising law was the law of seven. And it, it used to state that a consumer or a potential consumer needed to see you, see your solution, see your service, your product, your good seven on average, seven times before they made a purchase. And like you, you had said offline, you, you sent one individual, what a letter for two years before they actually took action. Uh, yeah, they had a letter for two. There's two that I know for sure that had letters for over two and a half years. So every uh, every three weeks, yeah, for over two years is yeah, what I was surprised. it took. When that when that call, I, I looked it up. I'm like, holy shit! Like, that's a long time. And then they became. I mean, I still talk to them, and they moved to Missouri from Illinois. Like, they're the nicest people. But uh, I was not expecting that call. And I remember exactly where I, I was at Hy-Vee, the grocery store. I know exactly where I was. I saw that number come up, the expired letter number. And then, uh, yeah, it was, just, it was just kind of funny. But that, I mean, it, it's kind of the the proof in the pudding that you just have to keep getting in front of people so that the day they're they're ready to say, uncle, the pain is too great and they need your solution that you happen to, you just happen to show up. And there's going to be people that don't like it for whatever. I'm like, which is crazy that people get mad about a letter. Um, but you're going to have that with <laughs> anything you do. I'm like... <laughs> Like, do you get mad at Kohl's when or you know when they send you junk yeah. mail too? Like, do you call them? Like, it's funny just the responses I've gotten. Uh, it's just I mean, whatever. I don't care. But if you want stamp, once you yeah, once you have put enough stuff in the mail, you will find that one or two knuckleheads that are going to be tired of your thing showing up in the mailbox. Now, the fact that the mailbox is full of a dozen and a half other pieces of supposed yeah. junk mail you're you're going to be the only one that's going to hear from them yeah and you, and even when you get someone who is you know welcome to the idea of working with you and you don't align with them you don't have to work with that person there's plenty of people i've chosen not to because like all right they're we're not going to work or they're unrealistic with pricing or whoever um i mean recently on a letter i was sending is testing out a different uh message and they're real snotty about uh, their phone call and their text. And next thing you know, like they're talking They're I got them laughing. I set an appointment. I went there. I met with them and they were absolutely insane. And uh, they offered me the job and uh, I said, no, <laughs> they were nuts. But it, <laughs> just don't take the bait and nothing ever is as it seems. Just like when someone says, oh, yeah, call me in three weeks. We're going to work together or I'll never list with an agent. Um, just be agreeable. And I mean, that's people's just defense or whatever i just don't uh, i just don't fall for it always either one and, and we i i think that's something that the the idea that you will not be the answer for everybody you won't be the real estate agent for everyone you won't be the coach trainer gym whatever the industry might be for everybody it comes with wisdom you know it it's better to say no to the sale even if you need the money, when you know that customer just is not going to be a good fit for you for whatever reason, either, you know, maybe they're crazy 
or maybe you're not a good fit because you're crazy. Uh, but it's far better that if, <laughs> if it's not a good fit, man, don't, don't take on bad customers because it will, it will sour your business. It will sour your corporate culture. If you've got staff and it's, it's hard and it takes time to realize like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not the right person for everybody. And and if I know that, I'm just going to say, you know what? No, thanks. And I've made that mistake where I, uh, was, uh, I'd lacked, you know, I took my foot off the gas and I was like, Oh man, I need some business. And I talked to for sale by owner. We met and I knew, I knew when we met, like, there's no way this guy's nuts. He had swords on the wall. <laughs> and, uh, then I, he ended up wanting to work with me and I signed a 10% listing agreement and we had a ton of showings. And then one morning he called me to say, get your shit out of my yard. And we, cause he was tired of all the showings. <laughs> I'm like, all right, he's nuts. Like, seriously crazy and i knew better but i, I had to work with them because i needed the money but i knew better so i was like i'm never gonna get myself in that position again um but he did leave me a five-star review which was pretty funny yeah and that's you know they're, they're it's not worth trying to understand why they're nuts or crazy but it is worth if they're not a good fit just say no because yep. it's gonna take time and resources that you could be providing to somebody that is the right fit and yes, you might have to, you might struggle a little bit financially by not taking the money from that bad, not ideal customer, but it's going to come back with what you can do for the right customers. Yeah. Cause I mean, working with that guy might take your time and suck your energy when you could have been using that to work with other people. I mean, right. just recently I've walked away from uh, $4 million in volume in business just because we weren't a fit or they were unrealistic. Um, I was like, yeah, it's, it's not going to work. Yeah. It's easier to just not even not start down that road in it. And I've done that. And there were times I, I took money from clients and I'm like, I already know they're going to be so over the top demanding and require so much of my time and energy. And at the end of the day, I know they're not going to follow through with what they need to do on their side and they're not going to be happy. So yep. I'm going to spend more time serving a customer that I already know I'm, I'm never going to make happy. I should just say no thanks and and not let them be a negative walking billboard for my business in the market. Yeah, I agree. It's it's work with who you work with your people. And you know, again, kind of looking at what what does all this look like? Looks like this. It's simple. If you're new to business or you've been in business for a while, for the most part. People aren't just going to randomly show up and say, I'm ready to buy, you know, unless you own a McDonald's or a gas station or whatever. And that means you're going to have to do some work. You're going to have to do the things that you don't like to make phone calls, send emails, do some direct mail, things of that nature. And, and Rich has kind of proved it. I mean, he's gone from a, a non-real estate background to doing over 10 million in real estate transactions which some people are going to are going to hear and say well that's not a lot of money but when you look at the fact that he was a one man band and for what the first year and a half you're still working a full time job yeah i think my last year as a detective i sold 34 homes right like so it, it, it he didn't he wasn't part of a, an office per se he didn't have a bunch of people working with him he's got a wife he's got kids and he was working a full time job and he still scaled from zero to over 10 million in just a couple of years. And he's continued to grow from that point. So the, 
the process is validated. Like what we've shared so far is it's produced fruit. It works. And even in my former life, I took a database from 300 to over 3000 and it took me about, I got to do the math, two years, three years to do that. After that three-year mark, I was quoting like seven figures in new business on almost a monthly basis. And it, it got to where it was easy. I built a system every day. I'd open my calendar. I'd have dozens of people to call and dozens of people to email. And well, did I want to be calling all day? No. Did I want to be emailing all day? No, but that was my job. And that was the path to growing the business and generating revenue. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not hard and it's not, I mean, if you look at every industry, it's kind of the same thing. At least initially. Now, you know, I I looked at a couple of weeks ago an individual that had greater than ten thousand subscribers on their YouTube channel. They had never sold anything to their subscribers. They created a course on what their YouTube channel is about, and they put it up for sale. And they, and they've sold a lot of it. And they've been super successful. And well, there's a reason for that. They've spent years generating content, engaging with people on social media, on YouTube. They have a targeted subscriber base on YouTube and they put out a product that solves the most common problem for that targeted subscriber base. So it works, but they have over 10,000. If you don't have that, these are the steps that you can take today at low or no cost to start driving traffic to your organization. And it's not, you know, the idea is and the money thing makes some people terribly uncomfortable, but again, it's the, it's the scoreboard by which everybody's judged. And the only way to more revenue is to get traffic, convert some traffic to leads and prospects, then convert the leads and prospects to paying customers. And then if you're smart, you're a good business person. You do like what we teach a lot of our clients. You're actually tracking. What did you do? How many leads and prospects did it produce? And then what's your closing rate or closing percentage of the leads and prospects? And it goes, you know, it goes back to that, which is measured can be improved. And even, I mean, Rich, what'd you, 20 some thousand phone calls in five years? Yeah. I mean, that's just from one source. Yeah. So probably quite a few more, but yeah, it was a lot of dials. So let's, but let's call it that, but you actually have some data points where, you know, okay, if, if I started today and I did nothing else but work to make 25,000 phone calls, you can look at what that 25,000 calls from that one source led to real estate sales-wise, and you could probably expect to be pretty close to the same. Yeah, and honestly, that's really not that many dials. Uh, to be honest with you, if you have a dialer, you can knock out, you can knock that out in a few months, to be honest with you. So that's the, I mean, and, and again, there's, there's always data points in business, but it's safe to say if you, if you dial 25,000 times, you're going to have about a 7% answer rate. And then from that 7% answer rate, it's safe, regardless of market conditions, you're probably going to do a few million in real estate sales. Yeah. Um, my guess is you were probably, you, yeah, you do pretty well. And guess what the other realtors probably aren't going to do? 25,000 yeah, phone calls. Yeah, it's not the most fun thing. 
no, but it, it works. And, and I think, you know, you, you proved out too another thing when you were in Illinois, that after you went through a period of time of doing some of these things or all of them together, it did get to the point where you didn't have to do it as much because the system was feeding itself. You had of the 7% that answered the phone, you had a percentage that listed or bought through you. And then they in turn were acting as your advertising department, referring people to you. Yeah. And the reason, like I said, the reason I went this way is I don't like open houses. Um, for me, the time aspect of it just didn't work for me at the time. So this was the solution to my problem. You know, I still had another, you know, working 40 to 65 hours a week on my other career. This was the most uh, efficient way for me to grow the business. But that being said too, I think it, looking at it now, it, it might be the most efficient way to grow the business, regardless of whether or not you had another job. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the goal with real estate it's or any business is just to get in front of people, just get people to know who you are. And I think people get caught up in like, well, how do I do that? So find whatever works for you or what is most efficient. Like I didn't want to go door knock. That wasn't my thing. And it took way too long where I could get on the phone and talk to someone, get their email, send them a video message. And then again, connect with them that way. And I, and back to the efficiency thing. I mean, if I compare and contrast making a few hundred phone calls a day versus knocking on doors, it's a heck of a lot more efficient to make the phone calls than go park your car and walk a block. And then, I don't know, in a city yeah, of Chicago, you'd have 28 once. houses on a street. So, all right, you park your car, maybe you walk four blocks. You're, you're barely over a hundred homes. And how long did it take you? I mean, you could probably make a hundred phone well, calls. And in your car is gone because it got, you know, it got stolen. Or there's that too. I mean, in today's day and that too, and, and you kind of nailed it. You know, if you have a business, you have to get in front of more people. And literally talking to one of my clients, he said, he's like, yeah, he goes, everybody in our industry, if we have an industry conference, everybody says the same thing. Their biggest struggle is getting enough traffic to their business. And if we don't get traffic to our business, we can't get cut paying customers. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at now. I was like, all right, where, where's my client? Where does my client congregate? Where are they either in person online? You know, how do I reach them? How do I get in front of them? And that's what led to, I mean, that's what leads to my daily activities. So typically what is like, so people understand putting this into practice and I understand everybody that's going to check this out or is tuned in right now may not be in the real estate point uh, space. That's not the point. The point is this same process works regardless of industry. It's, you know, you can take the wheel that Rich is proven is round and rolls that I've proven is round and rolls, plug it in your business and get rolling today in daily routine. What's your typical day like? Yeah, my, honestly, my goal is to win the morning. So I get in the office um, and then I'm on the phones by 8 a.m. prospecting for sale owners, expireds, old expireds, absentees, depends on how long that takes me um, to get through, but usually two hours, uh, you know, you always do more, but that's where I'm at there. Um, and then I'll go to expired letters. I get those done. That doesn't take me too long, depending. Uh, then I'll go to client follow-up. Anyone I spoke to that I said I would text or email, then I'll do that. And then I focus on content creation. And that could be, you know, topic research, uh, thumbnail, posting, you know, shooting. So I have a few different YouTube channels 
Um, but I'm putting out, you know, five to six long form pieces a week and then a lot more uh, short form content. So in your, your, you kind of are executing a multifaceted approach. So you're using the phone, you're sending letters, you're doing some, some targeted direct mailing, and then you're, you're taking advantage of everything we have today in terms of social media from a content creation, content sharing, and then the engagements that come from that. And you're, you're leveraging all of it to bring more traffic into your little ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, that's just really it's just prospecting and content. So I mean, focus right now, um, not taking on anything too crazy, um, but pretty, again, just where are my people and how do I get in front of them? And that goes back to, you know, you, you your business is going to survive based upon new customers. And even, you know, it's interesting, the, the housing market has proven this out once again, an idiot two years ago was probably doing pretty good in real estate, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, look at me. <laughs> I mean, it's, I know a lot of people who are not or jackasses or whatever, but they work hard and they're millionaires just because they put in the work. Yeah. You, you've got to do the work. And when you have a, a market that is very lopsided, meaning like two years ago, cheap money. So 30 year money. So a 30 year mortgage had a really low, historically low interest rate and then we had a you know if it was real or not i don't know but what seemed like a shortage of homes for sale so it was a perfect storm it was easy to be successful but when we remove that market and you're starting to prove this out now you execute some type of traffic strategy a cold traffic strategy bring more people into your your world it will it will pay off even though the market you know we no longer have historically lowest interest rates we no longer have a surplus of buyers and shortage of homes yeah it's just uh again being consistent always wins and that that too is the consistency thing is is blue ocean again i think what did you say when we were offline you talked to some people that did some direct mail, sent some letters for like a month or a month and a half and said, yeah, it doesn't work. And they quit. Yeah. And every time I talk about it, they always ask me the same questions and uh, I just ignore them. I'm like, we've, I literally go through my DMs. Like you were asking me the same thing in 2018, 2019. <laughs> I, and you've never taken action. So it's just, it gets frustrating. Um, like I'm happy to help anyone, but if I've already told you this four times, you haven't done anything with it. Like you're just wasting my time. I've already told you that you can't, send the letters for only six weeks that I've been sending letters for years. In some cases, if you're not going to send letters past six weeks, it's never going to work because you haven't done it long enough. Yep. Yeah. I, I've gotten a few phone calls from you know, one letter, but I'm not expecting to be one and done. No, it's, it's back to the law of seven. And I think the law of seven is, is, dated it's not as applicable today because yeah, of, i think it's probably like a law of 20 just because right. there's so many more distractions exactly uh, that we didn't have you know ways. years ago you had maybe three channels on tv couple right. fm stations on radio and then you had direct mail now we have youtube and netflix and on-demand cable and on-demand satellite and a dozen social media platforms and on and on and on and on. 
So it, you are going to have to be in front of people more often. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. Well, anything else you would share with people that are looking to drive traffic to their business, cold or <laughs> I mean, otherwise? Just, just be consistent, you know, inspect what you expect, track everything. I mean, I can tell you this year I've mailed out 418 letters. You know, I track how many each day I send. So just knowing your numbers is uh, really important. That way you can know if something works, doesn't work. You can scale and predict your business a lot easier, but just be consistent with whatever you're doing. So be consistent and then track what you're doing. So we're, we're a month into the calendar year at the point we're recording this. And for those that were paying attention, 400 letters have already been sent out by Rich. And it's, you know, we're 32 days, 33 days into the calendar year. And he's already sent out for over 400 pieces of mail. And he knows that number. He knows what he has sent, but he's also consistently already done the work for for just the first month. So it'll be what's interesting your, to see. What's your cost per? Do you know what your? I'm sure you do. What's your cost per letter? So it's a it's a little complicated because I have a system uh, of service I use. So it's we'll just say it's almost free. Okay, so you're so using. If, if an I'm doing actual... a mailer, then that's you know a typical you know envelope, ink, paper, stamp. So what, 50 cents? So that's, and that's always the number I tell people. I'm like the easy math. I don't know what the current cost of a stamp is um, exactly, but let's call it 50 cents. So your cost postage wise, we'll say is 200 bucks on 400 letters. Plus you'll have an envelope and a piece of paper and ink if you're printing them yourself. Yeah. So and who I'm reaching out to, they're over, you know, they have to be over $500,000 listings. So let's say, you know, Media six fifty, and then we list. I mean, my GCI, my gross commission is twenty two thousand seven fifty, which so is like, more than going to cover the cost of all the letters, the stamps, right. and envelopes for a few years. Yes, right. So it's it it it's a no brainer. Yeah. So let's say I go through all this and I only sell two homes. I'm like, all right, well, that's forty thousand dollars. Um from that so not bad and you're so the letters are going out and you are you printing them or are you outsourcing so i have a depends on what i'm sending so again i'll mix it up um some are getting outsourced direct from a company i have a letter i create it i send it they ship it for me and then others uh depending again what what letter i'm sending that i'll just go and drop off at the post office myself now would from a use of your time standpoint Knowing you're the best use of my time. No. Okay. So that, (laughs) that was okay. No, I had an assistant um, at one point and she was handling, which was amazing. And then, uh, so I want to get back to having that done. It's just sometimes hard for me to let go, but yeah, my wife is doing it, but now she works. So yeah, it is not the best use of my time, but I have it down. I can knock it out, get it done in 45 minutes. But But having someone else do that type of task is uh, definitely recommended. Okay, because that's something a lot of business owners struggle with. Like I talked to someone earlier today and that was, you know, they were they were commenting on their videos, content creation, sharing content on social platforms, editing the video content. And I'd said, well, at some point it, it will not make sense for you to be doing that. Nope. You know, your your time's gonna be bet might be best spent on the creation of the content, but the whole production piece of it might be better outsource to somebody else that actually does that full time. Yeah, no, I would agree for sure. Interesting. Cool. All right. So play the long game, pick the phone up, make the calls, 
do the direct mail, take advantage of, of everything we have access to social media wise, be consistent. And then one thing I, I didn't add into this presentation, but you said at the end is just the track what you're doing so you can measure it, make changes. Yes, for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks, Rich. I appreciate it. Where can people find you if they want to move to Arizona? Uh, honestly, just go to my Instagram at Rich Brecklin, and that's uh, that's the best place to find me and send me a message. Cool. So we'll we'll attach this to the. Or if they're looking to, to move to Central Illinois, so I have a team there as well. If you like this video, subscribe to our channel. You can also now find our content on your favorite podcast and podcast provider. See the links in the description below.